You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 19. We all have our stories and the things that are there to teach us lessons. Unfortunately, we allow these things to define us and we think we're limited by them. And until we do some of the inner work and have a bit of a wake-up call, and usually an expectation hangover does that for us, we keep looking in the wrong direction. We keep looking for that thing outside. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Scher. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. In doing this sometimes, it means letting go of what is holding you back. And that is why I'm so passionate about today's episode. In this episode, we're going to chat with Christine Hassler. Christine is author, speaker, and life coach with a counseling emphasis known for catalyzing radical self-reflection while offering practical direction. As a speaker, she has spoken to over 100,000 people and has appeared as an expert on The Today Show, CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox, E, and PBS. Christine has authored three best-selling books, 20-something, 20-everything, the 20-something manifesto, and her latest release, Expectation Hangover, Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life. She believes we all deserve and are capable of discovering our passion, pursuing our dreams, and making an impact on the world, and has set out to help you do just that. Christine has one of the only live counseling podcasts called Over It and On With It, which can be found on iTunes. Today, we're going to be digging into expectations with Christine, and I'll be asking her specifically about her continuous battle with expectation hangovers and her big wake-up call, the difference between expectations and goals, if there's ever a right time for expectations, and her expectation hangover prevention tips. This is going to be a quick and powerful episode packed with practical truth that you can take and use to overcome your expectations and fully live this life. So let's get started talking with Christine. Welcome to the show, Christine. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So I just wanted to back up in your journey and start with your story. In Christine's latest book, Expectation Hangover, she says, from the outside, it looked like I had it all. You even had a New Year's Eve kiss from George Clooney. But you say that you were (laughs) miserable inside. Christine, at the age of 25, what was going through your mind and how are you dealing with these emotions? Oh my gosh, I'm such a different person then. And I know people love to hear the story, but I'm going to breeze through it because I don't think that's the most interesting part of my of my life anymore. But basically back then... I, like a lot of people, you know, in their 20s or some point in my li- in your life, you realize that the external things that you thought were going to fulfill you aren't. And I was desperately insecure growing up. I was incredibly hard on myself. And I compensated by that by being an extreme overachiever, which was effective on the goal line, the external line of life. I was able to 
you know, move to LA and get a great job and be the youngest ever female agent and make a ton of money and have the great boyfriend and so on and so forth. But none of those things was filling the void I felt inside. I wasn't feeling a sense of fulfillment. And so I basically left my entire life and my life fell apart in a lot of ways too. I, I left my career and then with a peri- in, within a period of eight months, I lost um, my health. I was diagnosed with an undiagnosable autoimmune disorder. Right. I went into tons of debt. I was estranged from my family. Um, I got dumped by my fiance six months before my wedding and I was really at a career crisis. So what was going through my head were the questions, who am I, what do I want, and how do I get it, and why isn't my plan working? I, I live my life according to the checklist and according to the expectations I had of myself and that I thought like kind of society had of a successful person, but I still wasn't happy. So obviously I got the formula wrong, and that, that helped me reorient my life to getting the formula right and move from that outside-in way of life to the inside-out way. Right. So to back up again a little bit, you you made the leap to transition out of this career, this position that seemed like probably one of the best jobs that you could have ever gotten, but so unfulfilling for you. So you dove into personal training thinking that would be the key, but it eventually led to nine different jobs in two years. What were you searching for that you weren't finding? Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying, happiness, like fulfillment, right. a sense of purpose, confidence, all the things all of us want mm-hmm. from a job, from a relationship, from losing five pounds, from making money, whatever it is. We all want to know that we're worthy and we're enough and we're complete. And now that I've been working as a life coach for the past, oh gosh, 10, almost 12 years, I realized that every single human being has a core misunderstanding and from moderate, from mild to severe of I'm not likable, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, there's something wrong with me. It's not necessarily all of those, but something along those lines. And so our life becomes, until we kind of wake up and reorient, our life becomes this chase and this quest to find that thing mm-hmm. or that person outside of us to make us feel all the things we want to feel on the inside. And it's an endless quest until we realize that we are whole, we are enough, we are worthy, we are complete. And until we do a lot of the inner work that I teach in Expectation Hangover to heal a lot of the core wounds and misunderstandings, because no one gets out of the human experience without having some challenging moments. You know, we've all had difficult times with our parents or peers, or maybe it was where you grew up, or maybe you grew up really, really poor and that was challenging. Or maybe you grew up really, really rich and that was challenging. Maybe somebody said something to you in eighth grade about you being ugly or stupid and it stuck with you for the rest of your life. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you've been dealing with an addiction. We all have our stories and the things that are there to teach us lessons. Unfortunately, we allow these things to define us And we think we're limited by them. And until we do some of the inner work and have a bit of a wake-up call, and usually an expectation hangover does that for us, we keep looking in the wrong direction. We keep looking for that thing outside. Right. So just to clarify, can you define what a set of expectations is? I mean, I think we all kind of hit that. But to me, what's the difference between expectations and goals? Great question. So an expectation is defined as eager anticipation for something to happen, where a goal is a purpose or an objective. Expectations kind of have these um, 
unrealistic standards or like this waiting for something to make us feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they're not as empowering. I find goals, like being really specific about what we want to create is more, not only more personal, but we also take more responsibility for it mm. rather than expecting a relationship to make us happy, expecting a promotion to come, expecting that we're going to you know, be married by the time we're 30 or whatever it is. Why not set a goal of, you know, saving a certain amount of money by a certain time, um, set a goal of maybe getting a coach of your own and looking at relationship issues that may be blocks and how to have better intentions and healthier patterns around them. These are specific things that that we can be held accountable for. And the other thing is with goals, I, I encourage people to pursue them with high intention and involvement, but low attachment. Mm. The other reason expectations are so weighty is because we have so much emotional attachment to them because right. we think this thing is going to make us happy. And if if it doesn't happen, like we start a new business and we fail or someone dumps us, our whole self-worth and emotional okayness is devastated. And when we attach that kind of, those those high emotional stakes to an expectation or a goal, then we're going to end up with an expectation hangover. Mm-hmm. And I should probably, as I'm kind of going on this rant, define what an expectation hangover is. So it's when one of three things happen. Either your life doesn't go according to plan, kind of like me in my 20s. Um, all that I lost didn't go according to right. plan. Or life does go according to plan. You're not feeling like you thought you would. Also like me in my 20s and other times in my mm-hmm. life, I checked everything off the list, but I still wasn't happy. Or third, life just throws you an unexpected curveball. Again, I relate to this one, you know, getting dumped. That's a big curveball. Losing your job, getting sick, those kind of things. So basically an expectation hangover is disappointment. And I get really excited when people have them, not because I'm weird and into people being right. in pain or suffering. <laughs> it's it's really it's really because I know, I know, I know, I know with all my heart and soul that when you have an expectation hangover, you're being presented with a huge doorway for learning, healing, and transformation. And right. that's really what inspired me to write the last book is I wanted to give people a manual for truly, truly how to heal because you know that that phrase, time heals all wounds? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't want to wait for time to heal my wounds. I, I want to heal them now so that I can live into my fullest potential. Right. Right. I love that. And one of my favorite quotes from Christine's book is, the cure to expectation hangovers is not to figure out another way to get what we thought we wanted, but rather to move out of our own way enough to see what we really needed. But that is tough. I mean, I can account for this personally. I want you know, the next best thing, or I, I I kind of distract myself from the hangover, hoping it will just kind of go away. But really, what is that first step to overcoming that disappointment? Well, the first step is acceptance. And let me be very clear about what acceptance is and what acceptance is not. So acceptance is not all right, like, I guess I just have to like this and I can't do anything and and this is just the way it is. That's kind of a little victim-y and mm-hmm. it's also a big stretch. You know, if you if you are just got laid off from your job and you're broke, you don't want to just accept, all right, I guess I'm just going to be broke. Right. However, what acceptance is, is you don't, you stop fighting with reality. Byron Katie, who's an amazing teacher, she says, when you fight with reality, you only lose 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. So you can accept, you can be like, okay, I accept the fact that I've lost my job. 
I'm not going to like live in the past and go back and obsess about everything I could have done differently. I'm not going to like just get angry at, at my boss or the firm or whatever it was. I'm going to, I'm going to accept, all right, I've been laid off. That is the truth. And I'm going to look and ask, what am I learning? Not why is this happening? Why is this happening? Throws us into victim. It kind of puts us in this analyzing, judgy mentality. But when we go, okay, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I don't like that I just got dumped. I don't like that I just got laid off. I don't like that my business just failed. But I accept it. I'm going to stop trying to change reality right now. And I'm going to ask, what am I learning? Why is this happening for me, not to me? Right. So it's just a switch in questions almost. I mean, you're still asking questions, but the right questions, uh, questions that move you forward. Yes. It's a switch in questions and also like a switch in the place inside you're asking the questions from. Mm -hmm. Because we can't just change our language. We have to change the energy it rides on. Mm -hmm. So why is this happening to me is riding on anger and victimhood and disempowerment. Mm -hmm. What am I learning is riding on curiosity and willingness. Right. And I tell you what, like one of the biggest reasons that I've been able to transform my life as much as I have and do things like, you know, I was, I was diagnosed with depression when I was 10 and on antidepressants until I was 30. So for 20 years and was told, you will never get off of these. And I'm not here to take a position on that. This is just my personal story of I decided that I wanted to be off of medication and I was able to transform something that was like a lifelong diagnosis into a healing opportunity. So the the place I hold inside for all of us is anything is possible. Anything, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And the definition of a miracle is a change in perception. And sometimes that first step is just changing our perception Mm -hmm. and coming from that place of curiosity and willingness to look and understand that there's a lot we don't know and there's a lot we don't know we don't know shifts the energetic so that we can be open to all the amazing lessons that can come from an expectation hangover. Right. So it's kind of a choice in a sense. Would you call it a choice for us to change our perception? 100%. Great way to say it. You know, I I think we we believe we have control over every aspect of our life and we don't. Mm -hmm. We've influenced But the one thing we do have control, quote unquote control over is our choices. You know, there's, there's what happens and then there's how we choose to respond. We can't always control what happens, but we do have, um, we, we do have that ability to choose how we want to respond. Right. So this is kind of a, maybe a strange question, but is there any time to have expectations or are expectations on themselves damaging? Well, we're human, so it's natural that we're going to have some expectations. Um, I just not too many. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's being mindful of them. Okay, and I'm not a super big fan of having expectations because, again, like, right, it it does set us up for disappointment. Now, here's here's one thing I I do. um, We're kind of dealing with semantics because a lot of people say, well, well, if I don't have expectations, like how do I visualize and how do I vision? And, and I'm a fan of like expecting great things to happen in your life. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. That that's amazing. Um, visualizing the future and visualizing it the way we, you want it to go. Cause from my point of view, worry is just using your imagination poorly. Mm-hmm. So 
visualize what how you want things to go and and believe i think it's more about our belief systems so rather than having like these expectations have strong beliefs that you are worthy that you are going to be successful that you are going to fall in love all of those things that you want that you are healthy and use your mind and your self talk to create these belief systems that start to reprogram your brain and the more you learn how to move away from expectations the less he'll be disappointed too by others. Like for example, I talk a lot about don't go to a Chinese restaurant when you want nachos. If I was really, really craving nachos, I would not go to a Chinese restaurant. Even if I brought them the ingredients, they would not know what to do. They don't know how to cook nachos. And so often in our life, we do that with people or situations. We keep going to the same person or the same field of work or whatever it is, expecting it to be different, wanting it to be different, praying it will be different, that maybe we can change that person. And we keep getting disappointed. So be mindful of who you're going to what for. And when you want nachos, go to a Mexican restaurant. Right. So once you, just to, I guess, understand this a little bit better, once you accept basically that your expectations, you created this expectation hangover, then in future situations, you talk a little bit about preventing the expectation hangover. Can you give us a few tips? I don't want to take away from the book because it's fabulous, but a few tips on that preventative piece so that you can continuously get better at this. Absolutely. So I, I just teed one up and talking about don't go to a Chinese right, restaurant when you right. want nachos. That's a really good way to avoid a hangover. Don't find yourself in a comparison coma. I think with the uh, accessibility of social media, you know, it's easy to hop on Facebook and scroll through your newsfeed. And in like 0.5 seconds, you can have an expectation hangover because you see everyone else is in love and losing weight and has this great job and seems like everybody's at the beach. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, why is my life not like that? And and we have to remember that, you know, social media is everybody's face, their highlight reel, not their Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So that's one thing. Um, Create agreements with people rather than expectations. One of the biggest ways I've shifted the relationships in my life so that I don't have a lot of expectation hangovers is I'm really clear in my communication. And instead of making assumptions or having expectations, I really create agreements with people. Like I had a, a close friend and I just never felt like we, like time would go on and on and on and on and I wouldn't hear from her and she wouldn't return texts and so on and so forth. And I'd expect her to get back to me and I expect to hear from her and I noticed I was getting angry about it and disappointed with an expectation hangover. So I had a conversation with her and I said, can we create an agreement that we put some dates on our calendar every six weeks and we just talk even for a minimum of 15 minutes just to stay connected. And she's like, absolutely. You know, I'm just so busy all the time. And if, but if it's on my calendar, I can do it. And so that was the agreement we created. And that's been a cornerstone of our friendship for the past couple of years. And I no longer end up with an expectation hangover because that's our agreement. I don't expect to hear from her at any other time. And I'm happy. So it's, it's really taking power over our own lives and also, um, pursuing, like I said earlier, with high intention and involvement and low attachment. Mm. If you can go after your dreams, take risks, but not make your happiness and fulfillment dependent on it, then you're going to end up with a lot less expectation hangovers. You know, I say to people, if you can be happy with where you are right now and everything else is just a cherry on top, 
then you'll live a life that is full of far more gratitude and far less disappointment. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's so true to just to hear that. And I loved your your thing about agreements because you know I've been studying scheduling and time because we could fill our time with whatever you know, we could feel every minute of every day gets full at some point, but unless we schedule the important things, they're probably never going to get done. And so I think that's a really cool way to prevent expectations of other people and of yourself. Super cool. So in bringing this back to the health category, there are a lot of emotions tied to expectations and body image and left unmet. Those do a lot of harm. So how do you help someone who is struggling more in that category you know, from jumping from the next best thing, just seeking something that will transform their body, so to say, into what they think it should look like. You know, there's so many expectations tied to the body. Do you have any suggestions mm. or tips for that? Well, I think a lot of it comes to having, coming to right relationship with our body. We make our body the enemy in so many ways. And I often think about like if we, especially women, took all the time, mental energy and money that we invest in changing our bodies into thinking about how we could change the world. Imagine like how different things would be. And it makes me sad to think about how much pressure we put on ourselves and this expectation to look a certain way. And, you know, I know you have a wide variety of people listening, um, but I'll just speak just directly to heterosexual women for a moment, because this may be useful to them or to anyone, but I'm just applying it to to this because I am a heterosexual woman, but I've talked to a lot of men and they've said, I'm way more attracted to confidence and sexiness in a woman who's enjoying her body and is connected to her body than the perfect figure. And I think that's something we have to keep in mind. Our body is there for us to enjoy. It is the temple of our soul. It's, it's to enjoy life's pleasures and be, and that doesn't mean indulgence. That doesn't mean gluttony. It's also about taking care of it and doing the things and eating the foods that make us feel vital and healthy. So I think it's a shift we have to make inside to coming into right relationship with our body, to coming into how do I take care of this amazing gift of being in a human body that works <laughs> and how do I care for it in a loving way just like I would a loved one or a child and stop trying to tweak it and change it. This endless diet and improvement and if only I lost five pounds. I, I will say in my 20s, I was a personal trainer I I was doing fitness modeling. I had, quote unquote, the perfect body. And I still wasn't happy. Right. And I still was insecure. And I still had trouble dating. Like, it was not the magic solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Just respecting your body because it is the means for how we're going to provide and be with our loved ones and live our life. And I think that's overlooked so many times. And so you talked about confidence. And this is a question I've been pondering a lot about. Do you believe that confidence comes before change or confidence comes after change? Um, it depends. A good friend of mine says, you know, confidence is not a prerequisite for bold action, but it is a result of bold action. Mm. And so I think confidence, yes, it does come from experience and doing things. Secondarily, it comes from self-acceptance. We can't only rely on doing things to give us confidence. 
We only don't feel confident when we're internally judging ourselves and criticizing ourselves. So if you want to feel more confident, stop being so mean to yourself on the inside. Accept yourself for who you are. Know you're never going to be perfect. And stop being so self-centered and self-obsessed too. When I go into, I'm an introvert. Well, kind of an extroverted introvert. And I used to have a lot of social anxiety. I talked about this on my last podcast. And I, how I dealt with it was I stopped being so self-centered. I stopped thinking about me so much because my social anxiety was coming from thoughts like, oh my gosh, like I'm the only one who doesn't know anyone and what if I can't talk to anybody and they're not going to like me and oh, my outfit isn't cute or whatever it may be. And I was thinking just about myself. And when I shifted that to talking to myself nicely, like I acknowledge myself for being here and then being curious about who I was going to connect with. Hmm, I wonder how, who I can connect with. I wonder who I'm able to serve in a conversation tonight. When I shifted the focus off of me and onto just showing up and connecting with people and going back into that energy of curiosity, then I experienced a lot more confidence. Mm. Yeah. It's really, again, getting out of our own way. <laughs> To right, exactly. To live life again. It's you know we're our worst enemy most of the time. So I know that we only have a few minutes left, and we could talk forever about this stuff. It's so fascinating to me, and yet such an overlooked issue. So, just before we end, what is one thing you think everyone should be doing for their health, for their mentality, for their soul? And I know that you have probably so many that you could give us, but. What's one thing that we could take action on today? Like your one tip that you want to leave us with. Come into right relationship with yourself. Being hard on yourself, being critical of yourself. Yes, it may be an effective way to motivate yourself, but it's going to keep perpetuating a dysfunctional relationship with you. It's going to keep attracting things you don't want in your life. And it's going to keep manifesting expectation hangovers. So Coming into that loving, accepting relationship with yourself is so, 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 so important. And if you're in an expectation hangover right now, put your hand over your heart, put your other hand over your belly, take a nice deep breath, tell yourself it's okay, and just ask the question, what am I learning? Mm. Yeah. My next question was, what questions could you give us to help start understanding, becoming self-aware. I feel like so many of us don't even know our own bodies, know ourself. And so besides for what are we learning, what are some other things that we could ponder that would help jumpstart this to becoming more self-aware? How is what's happening now similar to past experience that have happened to me? You know, what's the theme here? What is the story I'm telling myself about myself and about life, and about other people? And is that the story I want to tell? What am I thinking most of the time? Are my thoughts positive? Am I experiencing a lot of anxiety because I'm thinking about the future or creating worry by imagining a bad case scenario in the future? And how can I come back more into the present moment and find that peace and that stillness inside myself? Mm, Yeah. I have to say that I, I've gone through a series of, you know, trying to become more self-aware and learning more about myself and asking the hard questions and bringing up emotion. And it's tough, but it is 100% worth it. I feel like it completely changed my life from desperation to hope and living with purpose and passion and joy. And so it's amazing. And mm-hmm. I know that you have a lot going on on your site and your podcast. So please tell us where we can find more about you. 
Well, first, Alexa, I acknowledge you for doing the work of a light worker, you know, being willing to look at the dark to get to the light, because I know that it's not always easy, but it's so worth it to ask those challenging questions and to move to a place of purpose. So Mm -hmm. I just bow to you as a fellow light worker and thank you for the work you're putting out in the world. Um, For me, you can go to christinehasler.com and I'm very active on Instagram, Christine Hassler, Twitter, Christine Hassler, Christine has no E, and then Facebook, Christine Hassler. And then if you enjoy life coaching, if you enjoy learning through other people's experiences, I encourage people to check out my podcast, which is called Over It and On With It. And it's the only podcast where people are coached live on the air. Um, I learned that as a facilitator and coach, people really learn a lot when they're watching someone else or listening to someone else be coached. So if you want to get some extra oomph and extra information and, and kind of be a voyeur into someone else's process, then you can check out Over It and On With It. Yes. And it's definitely worth listening because I feel like it's easier to listen to someone else's vulnerabilities than maybe be vulnerable yourself. And yeah, you still learn so much in the process and that it's okay to bring up hard stuff and, you know, that we are okay who we are and we don't need to be anyone else. And you are a great example of that. So I'll definitely link all of this in the show notes. And thank you so much, Christine, for being here. I hope to have you on again in the future because I feel like you bring so much knowledge and wisdom and just peace to this world. Mm. Oh, well, happy to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. If you're anything like me, you're going to want to grab Christine's book right away and start working through it. I've linked her book, Expectation Hangover, along with all of the other ways to find more about Christine and the work she's doing at simplerootswellness.com slash 019. But what I love most is that Christine gets to the root of the issue. It's not about suppressing emotions or trying to ignore them. But as Christine said, true healing can only come from dealing with the emotion. And through that, you can develop those lasting roots. It's the truth that you cling to, helping you to make better choices, laying the foundation for a happier life. In her book, she talks about the roots being the foundation that the tree stands on. So no matter what season of life it goes through, whether leaves are falling off or you're blooming like crazy, the roots are what keeps the tree alive through all of the stormy weather. So developing those roots, hitting the heart of the matter, getting to the emotion, is really how we're going to find success in all areas of life. So to remind you, a few quick tips she mentioned in the show to prevent expectation hangovers include setting agreements with people. I really like this piece of advice because what I've been learning lately is that we all work differently. Some are better communicators than others. I know personally, I like to internalize thoughts. And so when I don't talk openly to someone about what I'm thinking or if I fail to tell my husband before I go out on a whim and do it, it isn't because I'm rebellious all of the time but just because I've neglected to tell him because I've worked through it internally. Now, I know this isn't right, and it has caused a lot of disagreements in the past, and so one thing that my husband and I have done is we've agreed that we communicate, and we set specific time to do that. For instance, we have an agreement that we don't talk about work-related activities after 9 o'clock p.m., mostly because I become irrational emotional, and I'm just way too tired at that point. So if we have to, we do work calls during the day. So that's an agreement that really has transformed our relationship, and I can definitely see the benefit in all areas of life. Another step Christine mentioned was to ask the right questions. You know, questions set us up for success. 
But oftentimes we ask ourselves self-debilitating questions, things that just pull us back. Like, why did this happen to me? And why is it always me? And I can't ever win. And we tell ourselves these horrible thoughts and we just continue to repeat the cycle of guaranteed failure. Remember, our mindset is a huge aspect of our overall success, whether in health, personal life, or in business. So we must choose to ask building questions rather than debilitating ones. And the last one I'll mention, and it's one that I've been talking a lot about lately, but relationships. Finding those people or a different set of people that you can really cling to and tell your shame and those lies that go through your head. Just speaking them makes the hold less powerful. So surround yourself with people who are daily going to push you to be your best self, not those who are going to enable you to continue with bad behavior. I know that can be difficult to do. But again, we could go on and on about these tips and tricks in preventing the horrible expectation hangover. But if you want more, you're definitely going to want to grab a copy of her book, which is again in the show notes. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Simple Roots Radio. I must say, I am truly thankful for all of your love and support each and every day. You are the reason, and you are worth health. So keep your head up and just choose to be a little bit better every single day. Again, keep me posted if you have any feedback from the show, what you're learning, or even more topics you'd like me to cover. Just send me a quick email or give me a shout out in the comments section of the show notes or in Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. In the meantime, if you're in need of more accountability, family-friendly, delicious, and healthy meal plans, as well as a little extra dose of motivation, encouragement, and additional tips sent straight to your inbox, you're going to want to sign up for my weekly emails. My passion is to help provide you with more clarity and excitement in this health journey. So again, if you want to be a part of that, log on to simplerootswellness.com and add your email address and you'll soon be receiving a weekly email sent to you every Thursday. And finally, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show that you can stay up to date on the latest releases and the bonus episodes that will be coming your way. And again, if you like what you've heard and it's been helpful, or if you'd like to see changes, I'd love for you to leave an honest rating and review on iTunes. This is the lifeblood that allows others to hear the word of this life-changing podcast. We've added a super fast link to the rating and review page in the show notes. It will only take you a minute of your day, and it really does mean the world to me. And to leave you, this week, I want you to become more aware of the expectations you hold. Write them down and rate them to see how important those are to you. Could you switch any expectations to becoming goals, making them measurable and achievable? Work through some of the hard emotions, put it into practice, and may you get a little extra dose of happiness each day. I'll see you next week.